This is the podcast Going Beyond Salvation, and I'm your host, Jess Robinson. And just a little bit of housekeeping before uh, we get started on the Old Testament portion of the podcast. Uh, There will be no podcast this following or this next week. Uh, I will be on vacation, and so there will be a combined podcast for the next week and so uh, that is what we needed to do for housekeeping and so we'll get started on the Old Testament when we kind of left off um, with the northern kingdom of Israel we just see that um, evil is persisting in the northern kingdom uh, through the reign of Zechariah, Shalom, Manaham, Pekiah, and Pekah, and then we get to chapter 17, and there's Hosea, and he's the last king of the northern kingdom, and uh, he makes Israel a vassal to Israel, and or to Assyria, I mean, and they do not hesitate to take Hosea captive and invade Israel until the entire land is conquered and Israel comes to a tragic end and it's just because they weren't following the Lord they were continuing in sin and and that's what ends up with sin is you end up being held in bondage and and it just leads to death and so you know most of those now it's not Judah Judah is still in they haven't been captive or taken captive yet but in in our daily reading. But what also happens with the, the land, the northern kingdom, is what happens is Assyria allows you know, some of their people to come into the land to you know cultivate it and all of that. And what ends up happening is they're not following the Lord, you know, it's still, you know, the Lord's hand is still upon this land. And, and so then they bring some of the Israelites back and into the land. And what ends up happening in Samaria, it's actually mainly in Samaria that is uh, resettled. And what ends up happening is some of those Israelites end up intermarrying with the Assyrians and they're trying to worship the Lord but they're also worshiping and this is where in the New Testament you'll see the term Samaritan and the Jewish or the Israelites avoid uh, the land of Samaria and they avoid the Samaritans because of that's where their past came from. They they saw them pretty much as heathens. And we'll actually, you know, see what happens to the Samaritans in the book of Acts because it's just interesting what ends up happening because there's such a a conflict between the Israelites and and the Samaritans. And what happens after, you know, when when the early church comes you know, the the part that Samaria, you know, and the Samaritans play afterwards. So, you know, is the northern kingdom is, is taken over and 
at that time, we have King Hezekiah. He replaces his father Ahaz on the throne of Judah. And he proves to be one of Israel's, or you know, Judah's most godly kings. He, you know, we'll read in in Second uh, Chronicles that you know the temple is reopened. You know, the festivals are restored, and the land is purged from idolatrous worship. There's this big time of repentance, a time of you know, coming back to the Lord, there's this revival that happens. And we see uh, at this point, uh, we also see that the Assyrians who captured Israel come down upon Judah. And Hezekiah, he, we see in the, in the story, he cries out to the Lord, not just once, but twice. And he cries out to the Lord and Judah is spared. And this is where we meet the, the prophet Isaiah, and we'll read more about Isaiah later on. And this will also, this story will show up in the book of Isaiah as well. And he, you know, he, he gets a word um, through the Lord predicting, you know, his protection over Judah during that time. And when I see Hezekiah, Hezekiah is a man who prays. And he, he prays bold prayers. And, you know, we see that with Assyria that he prays, you know, and he, and I love his pattern of prayer is that he goes through what, you know, the Assyrians were saying about, you know, the, you know, where's your, where's all these other gods that we've, you know, these lands that we conquered. And he essentially says, well, Yes, you know, these lands were conquered, but their gods were not gods at all. And so he's very bold in, when he's praying. And we see that as well when he becomes sick and he's told he's going to die. He still pursues for healing and and for the Lord to remember him. And the Lord ends up actually sparing his life, extending his life. However, Afterwards, there's these envoys from Babylon come and he, he becomes foolish and shows his wealth and he meets Isaiah's angry rebuke, essentially predicting that all that he had showed them was going to be taken. And really, this is the only thing that I really didn't like about Hezekiah was he didn't repent. His, his attitude was well, it's not going to happen in my time. And, and we can get, you know, we can see that in our own lives that we can get that way going, oh, it's not going to happen in our own time. I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, this, you know, the end of days is not going to happen in our own time. Even I thought of that way, but we are so close to the end of times that it's like, it's now or never, and it's really, we're getting to, you know, the downstretch of the race, and it's time to, you know, essentially be finishing strong, finishing the race strong, and and we see Hezekiah didn't have that attitude of finishing, you know, and even repenting, praying for his future generation not to turn away. 
And so after the reign of Hezekiah, you know, we meet his son Manasseh. And Manasseh is evil. He, you know, he's an evil king for Judah. You know, he practices sorcery and witchcraft. He burns his own sons in idol worship and brings idols within the Jerusalem temple. Uh, We'll read in 2 Chronicles, he does have a changed heart. He does repent after he gets punished by the Lord. But that will be when we get to 2 Chronicles. And he ends up dying. His son Ammon is also evil. And in the second year of that he is king, he's assassinated by his own officials. And they put his son Josiah on the throne. And Josiah is actually eight years old. And he is the last good king in Judah. And he rules for 31 years during a time of peace. Uh, he discovers Moses's, well, the book Moses's law is discovered, brought to Josiah. It's read to him and, you know, he is distraught because he realizes they have, you know, turned away from the Lord, that they've broken the law and they end up asking the prophetess Hulda about their future and he you know, he's essentially told that judgment's going to come, but because of how he repented and his response to God, the destruction would be delayed until after his death. Now, Josiah is also fulfills the, the prophecy from the man of God who went before Jeroboam. And when Jeroboam turned away and caused the land of Israel to sin with the with the golden calves and so he fulfilled that prophecy that we've talked about in past podcasts and so he leads this um essentially one last revival but i don't think the people's hearts were in it because we read in there that and i believe it's actually in Second Chronicles that the, the Lord is still angry, especially over what Manasseh had done. And so, um, and, and sadly, jo- Josiah dies a tragic death. And then his son, um, Jehoaz, he rules in, you know, Jerusalem for merely three months. And then he's taken captive by the Pharaoh Nico to, to Egypt and he dies in captivity. And then they put Jehoiakim, who is another son of Josiah in his place, but he's not like Josiah. He, he does not follow the Lord. And this is, when you look in the prophets, this is the time of, of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was around as well with Josiah. Some believe that some of the Lamentations in the Book of Lamentations is dealing with the death of Josiah. Um, but generally, the Book of Lamentations is after Judah is taken captive. Jehoiakim is in, and we'll read more about Jehoiakim as well during um, the Book of Jeremiah. And he's the one that he, he tears up the first draft of Jeremiah's written prophecies. And it's also during his reign that Daniel 
the prophet Daniel and his friends are deported to Babylon. And so that's when they're, they're taken. And we'll actually read and understand that Daniel was part of, you know, in, in, of the nobility in a way in, in the kingdom of Judah because of where he was taken. But because of him being young, he was spared. Uh, being killed by King Nebuchadnezzar. Then, you know, after Jehoiachin becomes king in Jerusalem, three months later, the city is besieged, and he's taken captive to Babylon. And then Zedekiah, who is the third son of Josiah, he's placed on the throne by Nebuchadnezzar, and like his brothers, he refuses to honor God. And we'll also read him and about him in the book of Jeremiah. He keeps going back to Jeremiah and, and asking for a word. And Jeremiah tells him, surrender to the king of, of Babylon and you won't die. You know, but he doesn't listen, doesn't listen to the word of the Lord. And he ends up uh, trying to escape. He's caught, his children are killed and he's blinded and taken uh, to Babylon. And at that point, Judah is besieged. The remaining temple treasures are sacked and the city and the temple are burned. And the Israelites, the rest of the Israelites are taken into captivity. Now there are some that are, are left behind. And we do read a little bit in this. And we'll read a little bit more in the book of Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah is one of those. He get, He's been given, the, he gets the choice essentially to... Um, decided to stay or he, he could have gone and had a good life in, in Babylon as well. But he chooses to stay and we'll read about what happens in that time as well. And then we read that Jehoiachin is released at one point. But at the end of Second Kings, it ends on the note that both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, God's people are because they wouldn't turn away from their sins. They're taken away from the promised land just as, um, well, especially Stephen in the book of Acts says, you know, they broke Moses, what God commanded Moses, you know, to tell the, the Israelites. And so they broke those and that's the end of Second Kings, essentially. So we're going to take a quick break and then jump into kind of discussing First Chronicles and understanding uh, that book. So when we, it, when we jump into First Chronicles, it automatically we're jumping into genealogies again, and most people will wonder what is going on here. And... First Chronicles, the word chronicles from the, in the Hebrew word, it means words of the days. In contemporary terms, it means the events of the times. Um, as with Samuel and, and Kings, you know, we have first and second Samuel, first Kings and second Kings. First Chronicles and second Chronicles, originally in Hebrew, it was just one book. But when it came to the Greek translation, it ended up becoming two books, is what is understood. 
and really Chronicles is the retelling of 2 Samuel through 2 Kings. First Chronicles is essentially telling the story again of King David. However, there are things that are omitted in that we saw in in 2 Samuel and then there's uh, other things that are included in 1 Chronicles that wasn't included in, in 2 Samuel, which adds a bigger picture. And when you actually, if you do a Bible reading schedule through chrono, you know, through chronological uh, Bible studies, it actually works to do it that way, especially when it comes to 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Chronicles, and 2 Chronicles. Because it actually paints the picture better and you're not wondering where is this in context. Um, You know, it's actually attributed to the writer is actually Ezra and they believe is it was written, you know, in after the Israelites had dealt being in captivity in in Babylon and being scattered from the land and this is Ezra is in the time where uh, the Israelites are allowed to come back from exile and and come back to the promised land and so this book is actually serving as an encouragement to those Jews that remaining at the end of a lengthy Babylonian captivity you know, during this time, the ancient world is under the control, under the powerful Persian Empire. And what remains of the glorious kingdom of David and Solomon is the tiny province of Judah. And essentially, you know, when, when they do go back, and they're allowed to rebuild their temple, it's still dim in comparison to the glorious days. And you'll actually read some of in in Ezra essentially that the the people wept because some of the people wept because they remembered the 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 temple for what it was. And that this new temple was was nothing compared to the the days of David and Solomon. Uh, Ezra is writing from a different perspective than the other books. Uh, he's more optimistic. And, I mean, the book does not deny failures. We'll see something. He does point out, you know, David's failure with the, you know, counting of the men, the fighting men, but he doesn't uh, talk about Absalom and his rebellion, and he doesn't write about the the sin of David commits with Bathsheba. And so we, as we start off in Chronicles, we started off with the genealogy, and he he chronicles the genealogy, and it's starting off with with Noah's sons and going through the line of Judah. And, and as we ended, um, 
we also went through David's line, his sons. And finally, we ended going through Reuben. Uh, and as he points out, Reuben was the firstborn. But because he committed a sin against his own father, he lost his firstborn rights. And so... Uh, that's kind of just the background with, with Chronicles. And we'll kind of talk more about the things that he includes and admits when we get to the story of David. And, and, you know, so we still have quite a bit of genealogy to go through. So that's essentially it for this podcast today. So I'm going to give you for the Old Testament podcast portion of it, the like 14 days worth of reading, but break it up as you want. We're going to finish out First Chron First Chronicles. We're going to start on chapter 5 and verse 11, where we had left off, and and with going through Second Chronicles chapter 7. And so um, have a great weekend, and we'll catch up with you the following Friday.